If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Our guest today is Sarah Venemore. Sarah's been an all-round horse person, riding in dressage, show jumping and eventing. She's focused now on being a specialist coach in both dressage and vaulting, and she's a coach and coach educator. She's also the author of The Right Track, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the interview. How are you, Sarah? I'm well, thank you, Gladys. How are you? Great. Sarah, we normally start off with a favourite quote. Have you got one for us? Yes, I do have one not uh, from a very famous person. From my son as I was about to uh, ride out when he was three years old, and I laugh every time I go out now, his words as I was riding away was, Mum, don't forget to look forward, look up and ride forward. (laughs) So, uh, yes, we now, it's a joke with as we go in, where everyone's looking up and riding forward. <laughs> Obviously heard that before somewhere in the family, yeah. yeah yes, I think it's been uh, heard from consistent teaching. <laughs> okay. All right. Sarah, tell us about how you started with horses. Uh, I was one of the lucky people, I guess, that managed to fall into horse riding. My parents aren't horse riders. They're, in fact, terrified of horses. So I started riding when I was 17 and good friend of mine at school talked me into going trail riding with her at a local riding school and uh, just lucky enough that the riding school took me under their wing and taught me how to ride and I followed that with uni working with horses and then mum realised that I wasn't going to give up and sent me overseas for training with Molly Sivright which was very lucky. Okay yes because we get a lot of people that sort of start off either with a family with horses they might start off young but even so 17 you know, it's a little late. It's a little later than probably a lot of our guests. But I suppose once you've done it and gone riding and just decided that's what you were going to do, you've obviously kept going along that path. Yes, I, I'm probably a little driven, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky that my parents realised that I was serious and sent me to England for three years training. At that stage, the EA was a little bit up and running, but for a non-rider like me who didn't know anyone, uh, I was probably better off going to England and just being immersed in their VHS working uh, mm-hmm. because most of the riding schools had those up and running then. So yeah, uh, I was yep. very lucky in that sense to yep. get it, all the good information right from the beginning. And then when you did that study with horses, you pretty much went straight into horses from there? Yeah. After uni, I did horse husbandry at uni and I worked in a racehorse just preparing thoroughbreds, uh, which wasn't fantastic for where I was wanting to head and yeah, mum realised that and sent me overseas and when I came back I managed to get a job at uh, Dalton Park in Brisbane as the assistant manager there so Mm -hmm. I landed on my feet pretty much straight away when I came home. Good. Now what about if people that you know you know you're teaching them now and they say that they want to work with horses what do you think the core skills they need you know the personality traits what sort of things would you say would they need to get started? I think the main thing is that they have to understand the hard work that's involved as well as the enjoyment and they need to be probably driven. I 
I'll be honest when I say I really try and encourage all my students to go to uni and then, if they're still interested, to then come back into the industry because it's quite it's quite difficult. It's not an easy way to make money. So I try and encourage them to go down another track. I haven't succeeded all the way around. And the riders that I haven't succeeded with are going fantastically, I'd have to say, in, in the industry. So I suppose almost, it's almost like you put it up as a barrier and say, no, don't work with horses, go to uni first. And they sort of say, no, I'm determined to work with horses. And then they do it and do a really good job with it. Is that right? Yes, that's pretty much how it, how it works. <laughs> and, of course, the reason why that works is because they are driven and they're saying, no, you're not going to make me do what you're suggesting. I really want to do this. And, mm. and it's that personality, I think, that pushes you through as a horse rider. Yep, yep, yep. I think that's a good tip to have that driven personality. Okay, what about, you know, obviously Molly Sivright, I think, helped you in the UK. Who else has helped you and influenced you in your career? When I came back here, I spent a little bit of time at Burton Marion Hartog. That's where we started the vaulting. Mm-hmm. And they were very supportive of vaulting and pushing that through. But then I spent quite a lot of time in the Southern Highlands in New South Wales and worked originally with Janice Usherwood there and then had a little bit of help with uh, Sue Hearn. And then I just moved around. I was in Armidale for a while and now I'm at Leeton and you're really just trying to get what help you can when you live out here and there's not an endless stream of coaches. So, uh, yeah, I travel a little bit for, uh, for my own coaching still just to keep myself updated and working within the correct yep. um, way of dress out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, what about horses that have influenced you? Have you got any standouts? Uh, Honestly, I think they've all influenced me, and I, I think as a rider, you, well, hopefully that uh, you would say you have learned something from every horse because I think they all have something to offer. You just have to hear them. I, I suppose my first warm blood was a, a real learning curve for me. He was quite strong in his personality, and I was probably not understanding as much as a rider about how warm bloods work. So that was a very steep learning curve. But I think, yeah, I, I, mean, I enjoy writing all of them. They all have different traits and they're all teaching me consistently about how to listen and take the information onto the next horse. Mm, mm. I'm just thinking, you know, sort of working and working around the world in different schools. It's not just you're going into a yard where you've got one or two horses there. Schools where there's quite a few. So you have a lot of experience riding quite yeah. a few different horses. Yep. Yeah. All right. What do you think, and this is as a rider, as a coach and a vaulting dressage coach, what do you think your proudest moment's been? Yeah, I guess there's, there's so quite a few. For me, just even personal achievements of getting the horse up to the next level. I, I guess you have quite a few horses in for training and some people are, you know, I guess they come to you saying, it, you know, this is not fixable, we don't know what to do with it. And just even little achievements like that, that you can, you know you can fix it and, and help them along their way. I certainly have a lot of uh, proud student moments where they see personal best when they go out. Yeah, and it's there's so many, I suppose. And even Aaron the fact that he's writing and doing a really good job for her. A child that doesn't get much coaching because I'm so busy coaching everybody <laughs> else's children. <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's a pretty proud moment there that that's still happening. That's good. And during that time, I'm sure there's been some challenges. You want to tell us about any challenges that you've had or your biggest challenge? Well, I think um, I probably haven't been as lucky as um, some of the other competitors. I, I think just as far as 
you know, I, I guess the good horses that come your way, sometimes it's uh, you've worked it out yourself. Other times it's pure luck. And I probably haven't had the best of the best. But, it, yeah, and then you just keep on pushing through. Uh, and I suppose financially as well. My parents certainly did a wonderful job sending me to a great school and university and overseas. But then you have to make your way in this horse industry that doesn't provide a lot of money as you work work your way up. It's very, it's their minimum. And I guess that was the ultimate challenge is trying to win financially. Mm. And I've definitely had a little bit of help from parents, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I reckon that'd be the ultimate challenge. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now I want you to think about, you know, because you, you teach dressage and you also teach bolting. Is there a correlation between the two or do you have like a set of riders that you teach dressage and a different set of riders or students that you teach bolting? Yes. It was that's a little bit different because I'm the um, state coach for New South Wales Tony Clubs and Dressage, but they also do use me for vaulting. So when I'm going around, I'm actually teaching groups of children vaulting and then no, groups of children also dressage and, and sometimes they cross over mm-hmm. and I do find that handy because the terminology that we use for vaulting I can then take over to the dressage because we're we're both working on body core strength. My current vaulting team, I probably three quarters of those I teach. Two of them are non riders and the others don't do a lot of competitive riding. Okay. So the two that are non riders, are they um what other sport are they They'd be fairly athletic anyway. Yes. Well, one of them was doing ballet. She is only seven, mind you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's extremely good. And the other one, a uh, 13-year-old boy, and he's very athletic, uh, a swimmer, runner, yeah, everything. And he, mm-hmm. he's just natural. He did actually come to me for a riding lesson, and I um, mounted him up, just legged him up, and two miles above the saddle. So <laughs> I suggested that he might like to be a bolter because he has this, uh, a basic technique already. We haven't done many riding lessons since, but it's definitely part of my vaulting team and he's moved up the ranks very That's good. That's good. Now, what do you think then is the most common fault that you see in vaulting and how do the students fix it? I think that probably the, and this is a good thing, I think the nerves is one of the biggest things I see. And I say it's good because then I know that they're not going to push themselves into an accident so I'm very happy to work with nervous vaulters it's fantastic I think aside from that the body core strength which is why a lot of riders are doing vaulting to improve their body core because they're not understanding how to do it themselves and because vaulting includes quite a lot of strength training with your stretch uh, your flexibility those combinations then carry on through to the riding so we do do quite a lot of body core training during our sessions, but they're also supposed to do some at home to improve themselves. You can definitely see the different children that are doing that and those that are. If they're doing the homework, yeah. Okay, now yeah, what, about, what about dressage? You know, the students that you teach dressage, what do you think is the more common fault, something that can be corrected, and how do we go about correcting it? I actually believe that it's lack of faith in themselves, and I would go, that's quite common where I am living out here in the moment. So I don't know whether that's an out west thing and the fact that there's not many coaches out here, I, I'm not really sure, but it's not a physical thing. It's definitely a mental thing. 
so I'm, I'm finding myself doing quite a bit of talking to them and, and encourage them to believe in themselves and explain techniques that they're using so that we can work through them and say, yes, that's a good one. But maybe if you tried this, then it might work a little bit better. Okay, okay. That's so, uh, yes, definitely more mental than physical. So you find yourself in quite a few different roles as a coach, not just the riding instructor, but that other support I'm, as well. Definitely, definitely, yes. I, I think that's a very big thing um, because I, I teach ladies, so I run ladies' clubs, ladies' camps out yep. here, um, which is three days ladies' camps, and a lot of that is, is the riding but also their ability to understand that they are okay and they can work through spots that they feel like they can't work through normally when they're by themselves. Um, and they're definitely, a lot of them are struggling with the um, mental strength of being able to push through this. But a lot of the ladies have had children that they've ridden, who have ridden, and those ladies are now coming back to riding themselves. So that's quite a long time where they haven't been able to work with them physically and mentally. So it's a big challenge to step into that. And, and we've had some major successes, some great fun with these ladies, realising that they can actually do these things. And because I have a big vaulting horse, we also did a little bit of vaulting last time too, which really pushed some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very exciting for all of them that they managed to do it. That's good, isn't it? That's good. All right. Now, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about your book and what it's for, who it's for, and the type of exercises and that that are, that are in it. So uh, I've been state coach for New South Wales Pony Club for about 20 years now, and the book came as an idea from me teaching the writers because at the end of every session, some of them were saying, may I have some exercises? Could you just draw some out for me to take home and have some homework? So I was doing that. And the tricky bit with Pony Club is you have, certainly at Junior Regionals, at least six as a minimum, generally for Pony Club, riders in an arena at once. And you need to keep them moving all the time. They need to be interested. And so the joining together of giving these riders homework and, and realising that Pony Club coaches were struggling to keep the whole group going um, safety-wise and fun-wise. So mm-hmm. they would in one or two while the others would wait and children were getting bored. So I've put together a book that had exercises that were capable of having six, eight riders moving around the arena all at once. So you didn't have to run the lesson like traffic control. You had a lesson plan in place, an activity, and the riders were working the exercise themselves, which allowed you, me, to then uh, teach them and give them some information about how to improve the circle, how to improve the corner, how to improve their leg yield. So it is a group lesson, but it's also for individual riders because I find a lot of riders go home and they get stuck on a 20-metre circle or they go large and mm. the rider starts to fall flat, there's no concentration, they get lower and lower, fall on the forehand, nothing improves. So when I was giving them exercises, they were keeping themselves interested and therefore keeping the horse interested and then had a better ability to check if the horse was working correctly. So the book is written for individuals and for group lessons. So for instructors as well, but also for just the private rider that wants some more ideas that doesn't know where to go to. So I actually have done two books. The first book has been The Rights Have Been Sold to England. Um, and it's also being translated into Spanish. That it was just a, a basis to get going. And then the second book is a, a few basic ones as well. It's kind of separated into warm up ideas and then ideas that are for straightness and lateral work and improving length and etc. So 
there's an index in the back that can show you the exercises that would work for whatever issue that you have. Okay, good. Sarah, what are you looking forward to now? What does your future hold? I actually have a, a new horse which as of last year, which is great. So I haven't been able to compete. I still have my good horse here, but he's kind of turned into our vaulting horse because <laughs> we had nothing else. So he's 17 two hands and I've, I lost my dressage <laughs> So I now have a 16 two-hand horse that will definitely not be vaulting. He's a bit too spooky, but he's a great dressage horse. So I'm hoping as of this year I can actually get out and start competing myself again. So I'm very excited. It's been quite a few years since that's been available to me. Okay, that's great, Sarah. Now, Sarah, can you sum up your philosophy with horses into a lesson today for our listeners? I guess the major thing that I try and still is that you need to enjoy it. So... If you're not enjoying it, it's time to get off and maybe pop the horse away and come back another day. Or if you have enough tools in your toolbox, then you should be able to work out why you're not enjoying it and help manoeuvre the horse so that the two of you can enjoy it again. I definitely say this is, it's got to be fun. It has to be fun for both of you. And if you don't have enough tools, then ring me and I'll give you some more tools so that you can enjoy it. <laughs> okay. Then, Sarah, how can people contact you? I have a, a mobile. Uh, do you, would you like to... Yeah, please. Yeah, look, you can, you can say those details, but they'll also be in our Horse Chats page, which will be horsechats.com slash Sarah Venimore. Fantastic. Okay, well, my number is 0417-419-229, and my website is www.equiste.com. So the books are available there, and I have a calendar there. So my ladies' club camps are up on the calendar and I do children's camps, and it also tells you what weekends I'm around at what pony club in New South Wales. I do, I'm do. i starting to do vaulting clinics interstate as well, so it's got those details up as well. And I have an email address, which is just sarah at net. Okay, very good, Sarah. And um, as I said, those details will be up on horsechats.com slash sarahvenimal. Okay. And Sarah, good to talk to you again. Interesting to see what you're doing and just the difference between the dressage and the vaulting and how you've mixed them together and also how you started and got interested in vaulting as well. Okay. So I think it's a fairly new sport here, but it's certainly taking off, you know, in the last couple of years. Yes, it is. It's great fun. And all the vaulters that are in good are just absolutely loving it. We're, we're competing quite a few times a year. So that's very exciting that that can happen and, and sending quite a lot of vultures overseas now competitively. So that's Good. very exciting. Good. Okay, Sarah, thanks for talking to us today and hopefully we'll catch up again with you sometime soon. That will be wonderful. Thank you very much. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below. 